Ready Check Radio. Stand by as we get ready to serve up all your news this week in the world of gaming. Welcome to Gaming Gumbo. Hello, Internet! Welcome once again. It's Saturday. It's 7 p.m. Eastern. That means here on Ready Check Radio, it's time for Gaming Gumbo, your weekly gaming wrap-up show. I'm your host, Mike Byrne, as always. This is episode 75. If you're watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify or any of the other distribution platforms, thank you so much. Give us a like, give us a subscribe, turn on those notifications. And while you're there, head on over to readycheckradio.com. All the other socials will be in the upper right-hand corner, as well as the backlog of all of our fantastic shows. You can go and check them out there. Uh, we are one follow. Somebody in chat, if you're not following, go ahead and follow. We are at 599 on Twitch, so break that 600 mark. But we got a lot to talk about today. Remember, programming note, no shows next week. No show. No Relic Grind Thursday night. No Gaming Gumbo Saturday night. No Torchwick stream Saturday night. Those three things are canceled. I'll be traveling to go spend the weekend with Torchwick at school for uh, like a family homecoming weekend. So uh, no shows. But the regular streams with Tarkoth and my Monday Final Fantasy trading card game streams, like those are all as normal. It's just Relic Grind, Gaming Gumbo, and Torchwick stream Saturday are canceled. Joining me today to talk games, it's Mr. Troy Blackburn. What's up, Noob Fridge? Been under the weather, probably sound a little rough today, but the uh, show must go on. The show must go on. Like, I was worried. Like, I was checking in on you and not getting any reply. I was like, yeah, <laughs> I, 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 spent, I spent my week in bed <laughs> enjoying what, the misery. Is, is it the, the Rona? Misery. You, got, you got a flu? Allergies? No, it's What's not going the, on? It's not the Rona. I think, it's, uh, I think I've got a, a really bad cold, and I think my throat is sinus drainage has made my throat hurt really bad. Oh, fun stuff. Fun stuff. Yeah. Also on the line, resident artist of Ready Check Radio, Yod. What's up, sir? Sounds like he's got that uh, five-pack-a-day smoking. Yeah, he definitely voice does. <laughs> he's like, give me a good grandpa kiss. <laughs> oh, got, got the artist on. He's, yeah. it's, he's like the field reporter because he's looking at the show notes on his on his iPad. I am, I like, am. So he's like, well, Anderson, we talked to... We- <laughs> We we talked we talked to the prime minister. This is what they had to say. <laughs> like, what the frick we're doing? Because I can't remember anything these days. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not even having to remember it. I sent you the show notes, and then later you were like, "Are half of them missing?" I'm like, "Scroll down." <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> I don't know. My brain has just been fried lately. <laughs> Did you just add this miscellaneous section, dude? That has been in the show notes for every show so far. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I, told, I don't know how I totally missed the miscellaneous news. Yeah, but I, episode seventy-five, havoc. Yeah, seventy-five. Yeah, wow. I know we're wow. closing. That's... We're closing in on a hundred for Relic Grind. We just did episode eighty-four this past Thursday, and then seventy-five so... here on Gaming Gumbo because this was the one that was like most affected by my theater programs and right. and shit like that. So, yeah, we so, are. So we need that extra what sub. To make it six hundred, is it not a sub, just a follow? Yeah, one oh, follow, one follow, follow, follow will make it okay. six hundred on Twitch. One more yeah, follow, uh, gents. Follow. Let's get to it because we do have a lot right. to cover, and it wasn't like anything huge happened, but there were bigger bits of things from companies. So let's start with uh, the Witcher developer CD Projekt Red. They actually dropped a roadmap this week, and you would expect like we saw their reveal gang of of like the cyberpunk expansion. Uh, a little while ago, and so and and this like renaissance of Cyberpunk 2077, uh, it, it doing no small part to the success <laughs> of Edge Runners, of course. And Which so means like, every failing game yeah. needs an anime. Just make an anime. <laughs> Just make an anime. Yeah. Uh, and so we, we kind of like a, I'm sure expected to probably see more Cyberpunk stuff and things like mm-hmm. that, but they actually went ahead and were just like, hey, we're working on five things, and oh by the way, we have a new studio. In fact, we bought two. <laughs> yeah, that, that's kind of crazy. <laughs> Just, okay. So they bought two North American studios, Digital Scapes and the Molasses Flood. 
And they're hoping that those are kind of like going to amp up some of their development base and, and work on some of the games. They also added an individual new CDPR studio in the United States. So that, that was not one existed. They, you know, branched out into their own United States branch. So they are spreading some projects out all over the board. And so in addition to stuff we already knew about, right? The the Edge Runners anime, the Cyberpunk 2077 expansion, like all that stuff. They announced five new projects, Troy. Five. They were just here you go. Have five projects. Now some of Here's them everything we're working on now and in the future. Yeah, and some of them are tied to, you know, things like Cyberpunk and some of them are tied to things like The Witcher and then there are new things. So first up, We've got Project Orion. That's going to expand the dark future universe that Cyberpunk 2077 is set in. And that's going to release after the 2077 DLC Phantom Liberty, which is the trailer, the B-roll that you're seeing here. That's in-house by CDPR at the United States location. So that new office in the United States, this is what they're doing. And in the official announcement, it said it's going to take the cyberpunk franchise further. Okay. Uh, no, I, no. I, I mean, it is Project no, Orion, so maybe Orion's narrative moves forward a little bit. Like, I, I don't know. That seems like where they're going. Also, is it does it replace 2077, or is it in conjunction with it? No. That's game-wise. Yeah, yeah. I, I would assume this is in conjunction. This is like in the same universe, separate game. Right, so it's not like a 2077 part two. <laughs> no, I, this is not the sequel to Cyberpunk. No, no. But it, it could just be a narrative spinoff. Like I said, maybe going with Orion, kind of using Phantom Liberty to close out, you know, Johnny's and, and V's story arc, and then maybe go into to talking more about Orion. It is right. Project Orion. That kind of makes sense to me, Troy. You know, and obviously this had to have been in production for a while now for them to go ahead and announce something yeah. like this. But it, it's amazing how the, the narrative has changed so quickly over Cyberpunk and how like now, like, this is an exciting, this is an exciting thing now. It's like, oh, yeah, more Cyberpunk. Give us more Cyberpunk. It's that anime. That yeah. anime. Edge Runners did wonders, <laughs> man. And fixing the game over time certainly helped. <laughs> that it certainly does help, helped, yeah. Right? Uh, then we've got Project Sirius, spelled S-I-R-I-U-S. So very celestial in our project names here, as you'll see in the next few as well. <laughs> this is currently in pre-production by the uh, Molasses Flood studio that they bought. This takes place in the Witcher universe. And in their description from CDPR, it says, Sirius will differ from our past productions offering multiplayer gameplay on top of a single-player experience, including a campaign with quests and a story. Based on the game's limited scope and the announcement language, this probably... This probably isn't going to follow Geralt. Like, this is probably going to be yeah. exactly what you were kind of talking about, Yod, an offshoot full offshoot right. project uh right. but this one, more witcher so yay right more witcher it almost to me sounds like it could be a live service if they want it uh, to be that's exactly what i was thinking it sounds yeah, yep. live service to me right so you create your own character and you go like kind of like destiny and your your looter shooters where you create your own character and you go off and collect weapons and you know team up with people for dungeons and stuff like that Without being a full-on MMO. At least that's what it seems like to me. I don't know. I mean, it, it says that... It says it'll have multiplayer. Like, I feel like they would have gone a little further than just saying, hey, it's going to offer multiplayer gameplay and on top of a single-player experience. Like, I don't, I don't know if, like, if it, is that what, how you would describe uh, Destiny 2? Because to me, it, it wouldn't. That would describe more... Thank you, Justin. That's a perfect example. That sounds a little more like, you know, like a monster hunter uh, or something Maybe. like that, where there is this single player experience. And by the way, there is multi-layer, a multiplayer the, the layer. Avengers, the Avengers was kind of like that, though. It was right. a single they, player experience with yeah, multiplayer. Yeah, yeah. They may be being a little conservative with their language on it because they are not quite sure what route they want to take yet. Could be. Could be. I mean, they... 
in the past they've said a lot and promised a lot and fell short. So they might have wisened up. Project Polaris is also in the Witcher uh, universe. Now, remember, we, we've known about this one. The, this was like back in March, we kind of learned about Project Polaris and we saw some like teaser images. So this is going to focus probably on the school of links. That's like the school where you become a witcher. And, and, and probably once again, like we may see cameos of Geralt and key witcher characters here, but unlikely to be like some type of Geralt storyline. CD Projekt Red has said, we've told that story. Like the, that character, we have told that entire story. So this is probably the beginning of a new witcher saga to... To, to put my if I had to put my money on it, this is a Witcher saga uh, new launching point, Troy. Yeah, uh, you know, at some point they're gonna want to step out and do something original and something on their own. And there's only so much story out there. There's quite a bit of story out there, but there's only so much that they can follow and take inspiration from. So at some point, if they were going to continue the franchise, they're going to have to step out and do something original. And this is a great opportunity to do that. Well, coming uh, off the, see, I the think, I think the next adventure. one is the one that probably falls in that line, in that line, <laughs> like truly new original in that universe. Because Project Canis Majoris is also in the Witcher universe, but this is a single player open world RPG based in the Witcher setting. It's not, they said going to relate to the Polaris narrative, nor will it be connected to the original trilogy. So I think the Polaris narrative story kind of, since that focuses on the school of links is still technically like in the Geralt era or could be with him making cameos and things where this sounds like exactly what what you may be talking about which is all right let's go tell a new story it's going to be developed by an external studio headed by experienced developers who have worked on patch past witcher games but not one of the studios he just purchased no no these are separate but in conjunction in-house with them. yeah this one's in yeah. or it's not being developed in-house or by yeah. either studio so right we don't know like who's working on this one <laughs> rebel dogs and dark passenger both studios have unrelated projects in the works both companies have professional connections to the witcher ip in general so there's who's heading that up and then the last one Project Hadar is a unique IP that's been in incubation since last year and is still in the concept phase. We don't have a lot of information about this one at all yet, but this is something beyond Witcher, beyond CD Projekt Red, or uh, Cyberpunk, which I think is definitely space CD Projekt Red starts to need to move into to continue yeah. to be as successful as they have in the past. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to have to develop their own IPs, uh, definitely, and create their own universes if you're going to be as continue to be successful into the future. And speaking of a space that they haven't been in before, that's a that's an opportunity right there for them to go to space. Space yeah, I mean, is very tempting, and everything in those project names is space related. You know, it's it is celestial body related. In other CD Projekt news, though, co-founder Marcin Winsky is stepping down as co-CEO. The message on Twitter reading, Hello or hi, everyone. Today I have some news that's both important to me and the company. I'm beginning a brand new personal chapter at CD Projekt Red as I will submit my candidacy for the role of chairman of the supervisory board, leaving behind my joint CEO role. By the end of 2022, I'll hand over my duties to my colleagues from the board. For me, this is a huge moment. I've been at CD Projekt for almost 30 years, and I've seen it go from a handful of passion-driven rebels to an internationally recognized developer of story-driven role-playing games loved by millions globally. Back when Michael Kaczynski and I founded the company, I don't think either of us would have been able to imagine this incredible journey not even in our wildest dreams. And then goes on to, of course, thank uh, everybody who's helped make the company what it is today. But, you know, not going too far. This is this is not a situation where somebody's leaving uh, and going to do their own thing there. They're going to try to 
try to head up the board now. So like he, he just wants a different job. That's all. Same company, different job. <laughs> yeah, kind of, kind of weird. Like I don't know. Chairman of the supervisory board, I would assume, is still like prestigious and high up with the company, but probably doesn't come with the responsibilities of a co-CEO. <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine your day-to-day -day probably yeah. becomes a little easier. And Less that's like, I still want to be a big deal in this company. I still want to be a part mm -hmm. of this company, but I'm, you know, I'm tired. I've been doing this for 30 years. <laughs> like, Let me go sit over here for a while and, yeah, and, and tell totally, me you need something. <laughs> totally deserving, right? Like, you, oh, yeah. you, you put your time in. But if he's submitting his candidacy, like, who votes no? Like, do you really vote no? Right? This is one of the guys that started the damn thing. Are, yeah. are you going to say no to him? The only reason you're on a board and a board exists is because 30 years ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, you go, no, this ain't the right guy for the job. Guy that founded the company, been here 30 years. Mm -mm, wrong guy. Wrong guy. <laughs> I feel like if they're the wrong guy, they've there's been problems for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe yeah. this should have been addressed a little earlier and there's actually no exaggeration in the statement either that he took him from a little scrappy development studio yeah. to internationally recognized yeah. like that's 100 truth but speaking of <sighs> yeah. things being shaken up in a company yeah other shakeups are happening in other companies ubisoft is creating a global creative office um yeah. Now, if you don't know what that means, I'm sure what that means. you're not alone. <laughs> and what's weird is the company already had a chief creative officer uh, who presumably would have headed up such a division, right? A global creative office. More on that CCO in just a moment, though. The office itself is apparently designed to give a little more autonomy to the specific Ubisoft game st studio. Excuse me, burped. The overall goal is to boost creativity and ensure the highest level of quality in the execution and delivery delivery of Ubisoft's games. They want to move away from a centralized organization to better support key segments of Ubisoft's portfolio strategy. Building on the group's vision, each poll will leverage its expertise to dive into the specificities of its audience, game design, and tech. And while all this sounds great you know right Let, let's give these studios a little more autonomy let's let the assassin's creed team do their things let's let the artists do their things without this like rigid hierarchy uh i've always found that sometimes if you don't do this exactly right yod it ends up being a little bit worse because then nobody's yep. really sure where you go to get approvals for things right right you don't know who's above you you don't know who you're reporting to and creating a global creative office, whatever the heck that is, to me almost sounds like you're just creating another group of people in control rather than one person in control. Which, once again, could be much, much worse. <laughs> yeah, it just can has that effect sometimes where it introduces just ambiguity and like who, who actually signs off on things. Like, I hope this works for them. Ubisoft could definitely... Uh, employee-wise, need some good news, and maybe the this is a little bit of a loosening of the reins, Troy, that have kind of constrained a lot of things, and we've heard Ubisoft employees in the past complain about, like, certain levels of management, setting aside harassment and stuff like that, obviously, you know, that's a different beast, but just in the normal flow of getting ideas approved and things like that, it being very constrained and one or two key decision makers on big projects and so their vision is the one that goes whether that vision's right or wrong and what the team thinks along the way not mattering maybe this will help with that and i think uh gameplay wise for the players too this could be a good thing as well because all of ubisoft's games have a tendency to look very similar and play very similar you climb the tower unlock the thing go explore the new zone climb the tower unlock the map go explore the new zone uh, a little bit of autonomy and a little bit of freedom within that system to do something a little different with from that studio from that publisher would be fantastic but, so you need a you need somebody to head it right yes 
You need yeah, somebody yeah. to head it. Yeah. You need a chief creative officer. And luckily, they have one. Igor Mansow has had that position right. for about a year now, a little over a year. He took over for Sergei Haskoe, who uh, left under allegations of misconduct, you know, a little over a year ago. Uh, oh, shit. Hold on. Igor's leaving right. the company. Yeah. Yeah, uh, they don't have one. <laughs> Little over a year, uh, Igor stepping out. Igor has expressed his desire to step away from Ubisoft, wrote Yves Guillemot in an email that was uh, obtained by Kotaku. Uh, and they continued to just say that the reorganization that they're doing will simplify how projects are overseen through development, allowing for further flexibility. From now until Igor's departure at the end of November, Igor will be dedicated to accompanying the evolution of the structure into specific polls organized by key segments for Ubisoft so that it's better adapted to the variety of our portfolio and unique needs of each project. Man, there's a lot of meaningless buzzwords just smacked together into a sentence, huh? Just a little bit. <laughs> just let's throw just them all a little in there. Bit, yeah. First appointed as CCO last year with the express purpose of widening the range of Ubisoft's portfolio. And he's leaving before Skull and Bones or Mirage have even made it to market. So... Sounds like he's bailing ship there. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe, maybe maybe somebody didn't want to give up that power that they had. They're like, I was the creative officer, and I don't want to be part of a creative office. That's just that's just me speculating. Yeah. I don't do think. Yeah. Oh, Ubisoft. Yep, Ubisoft. Is it going to get any better? <laughs> well, Ubisoft do you think it's going better? to? I think they're finally making changes. They've talked about change for a long time. And, you know, this doesn't address some of the reasons they obviously needed to make change. Yeah, but... really, uh, the, as a result of those changes, two or three higher-ups left uh, voluntarily yeah. with packages. Like, there was no repercussions for anything. Yeah, yeah. yeah they had their golden parachutes. They, they were gone. But but hopefully just some sort of internal restructuring is to be able to something that we can see happening uh, as, as small as it may be or as big as it may be. It's hard to tell right now based on the buzzwords and, and yeah. the, the vagary of the, the language here. But, you know, just to see some sort of restructuring whatsoever is, I think, a good sign. I just like I hope the employees got a lot more. Right. Like because if I'm an employee there, I'm like, what the hell does this mean? Like, right. do I have right. a new and, boss? Do we have to go yeah. somewhere else as a department to get approvals for this? Like, I, They're creating a new th something up here when the people down here are the ones that need help. Yeah. We'll see. And, like, it's, it's weird. Yeah. It's very weird. It's it very is. weird. It is totally weird. Speaking of weird. <laughs> <laughs> speaking of weird, Nintendo Direct did happen this past Thursday, and just as expected, it was really only about 20 minutes long. Uh, with Shigeru Miyamoto, the man, the myth, the legend himself. I absolutely love that guy. Like, he's, he's what, 140 now, and he still acts like a 12-year-old? Yeah. Absolutely love that guy. So it's, like, infectious watching him talk about video games and get excited about something. Um, but the reveal here, all it was was for the new Super Mario Brothers movie. We knew a couple things about this. We had laughed on previous shows about Chris Pratt being the voice for Mario. More on that in a second. And if our opinions of said voice have changed, Jack Black being Bowser, a couple other key characters. But this is our first look at it. We got a few minutes trailer. Doesn't really give any story beats. Bowser gets a star. Mario's headed to the Mushroom Kingdom with Toad. Like, that's it. That's really it. Bunch of penguins. Bunch of penguins. The penguins bit from the, the N64 penguins was hysterical. Like, I was mm -hmm. like, that is super. This moment that you're seeing right here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they bring this trebuchet and <laughs> hit that yeah. one Koopa with one. <laughs> and then the king is like, do you yield? I mean, that's just, it was fantastic. That whole bit was great. Uh, the animation style, I know that you were... Kind of mocking somebody, Yod, but I thought the same thing when we saw Mario. Not, hey, that looks like Fix It Felix, but immediately it's I was Felix like, Jr. oh, they're Jr. using Jr. they're using the the Wreck It Ralph animation style. Not so noticeable when you see it in, uh, with Bowser here, but as we see Mario in the trailer, you can really tell now. It's like, oh, okay, this is literally 
the animation style from he looks like Mario from Wreck It Ralph. Oh, it absolutely yeah, yeah. looks like Mario, but I'm talking about just the the movement and everything. Yeah. Um, what do you think of the trailer, Troy, as a whole? I thought it was great. I thought it was hilarious. Uh, it made me laugh. Uh, like you said, the penguins uh, were hilarious. Um, I enjoyed it. Toad and, was pretty uh, funny too. Yeah, and a lot of the a lot of the reaction online has been positive for this too. So uh, I've got nothing but I'm just glad it's not live action. Yes, and I'm glad. Yes, <laughs> and, and that that was my whole thing is as long as it's better than the live action version, I'm good with it. And well, that's a really I mean, that's, low bar. That, yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> that's not exactly like hey, we got to exceed expectations on right. that front. I love this animation style. I loved it in Wreck It Ralph. I'm gonna love it here. There's something endearing and charming to it to me. Uh, when it's done well, and uh, what is it? Illumination is that the name of the the company the Nintendo's partnering with? Uh, maybe. I do not know. <laughs> I think it's Illumination. Um, and, the, and the rumors that uh, yeah, Jack Black's Koopa has a musical number as well. Yeah, I saw that too. I'll tell you what. Now let's let's talk about the voices. Uh, yeah, I agree with Takal and Chat. The, the I'm not a huge Jack Black fan these days. Um, but this this decision paid off. Like if the trailer, yeah. if the movie is executed the way his voice is in the trailer from top to bottom, and there's no real breaks in it, it's a consistent performance. That it's absolutely going to be great. Like it fits perfectly. Little worried about Chris Pratt going into this. When you came out of the trailer, Yod, were you more less worried about Chris Pratt voicing Mario? Yeah, I, I wasn't that worried about him to begin with. I, I'm I'm not part of the hate Chris Pratt train for the fact that he's Chris Pratt or whatever. I know that there's certain voice actors that just do their own voice, and there's certain ones like the um, he plays one of the characters on American Dad and stuff like that, where he's just his voice every time, and you know it's his voice, and that's fine. If you just have Mario sitting there doing his catchphrases like he does in the game, it you can't do that voice constantly. The the high pitched hey hey here we go it's a Mario. You know it's no it doesn't work in a full length. Yeah, movie. but Charles Martinet who who does that voice that you're talking about, like he has spoken full dialogue. Like he did a voiceover for a Mario game, and then they cut like all of the voice acting from it. So like he's done that Mario voice. I hated Chris Pratt's voice in this, and you only hear it in like. You get one line. Three little bits. Yeah, three or four so, little bits. One actual line of dialogue. Uh, I, yeah. I really don't care about Chris Chris Pratt. He's he's not really like one of my favorite actors or anything. Uh, but yeah, I'll tell you what. When you do a movie, like let's go back, Troy, to Star Trek. Right, we come mm. from the era where we watched Star Trek and Leonard Nimoy was Spock. Right. Then we get to the newer ones, and not only is the voice different for Spock, but it's a different actor in Zachary Quinto, right? Mm -hmm. That stuff happens, and it's a little jarring at first, but if they pull it off, then you kind of get used to it. But those things typically come with the whole, not just the voice changed, but the character changed, like the actor changed. Like Leonard Nimoy does not look like Zach Quinto. In these like voiceover scenarios, in your head, you know Mario's voice. You've seen Mario. Mario doesn't look any different, but his voice is now different. It, it's like when I went and played uh, Metal Gear Solid Five for the first time, and it was Kiefer Sutherland voicing Snake and not David Hayter. But Snake looked the same. Like, it is absolutely jarring to me. And maybe I'm in the minority on that, and that's fine. But it it actually bothered me. And I only heard, like, snippets of it. So I, I have no doubt the quality of the movie is going to be high. If it, if it's this trailer's any indication, Nintendo sinking a lot of money into it. I will probably enjoy the movie. But at no point do I see myself walking out of the theater going, you know what, Chris Pratt was pretty okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it all depends on how he's written, I think, and how they direct him. Because that, that is, like you said, with the uh, Spock thing, Leonard Nimoy not being anymore, 
And they got Zachary Quinto in the movies, which he was okay, but I thought the writing for him was wrong. And then there's the Spock that they have on Strange New Worlds, which I think they're writing him well in that. And I can actually believe that that version is the same as the Nimoy version at hey, this point. Hey, man, I've been in a lot of stage shows, yeah. done a lot of camera work, worked with some great directors. If you hire somebody that's just wrong, they're just wrong. Possible, but it's also possible. It doesn't matter how good the director is. Right. It's also, <laughs> I still say it's possible for him to get it to work right. I don't know, because it's just his voice, Troy. It wasn't, it's not like he's, like, again, we have such a small sample size to, like, actually analyze. Yeah. Uh, but at I, the end of the day, I think it's just going to sound like Chris Pratt. Yeah. And I, I like Chris Pratt. Um, I enjoy most of the stuff he's in. But if it was if it was my call to make, I would have just hired the Mario voice actor to do the voice and Luigi and all that and let yeah. him just be the voice of Mario. We may it's be like, a little It's like biased making an Optimus Prime too. and not letting Peter Cullen do the voice for it. It's just not wrong. We may it's be a little hurt. biased in this house, too, since we did meet Charles Martinet and he was just like, an absolute sweetheart. Like he was an absolute sweetheart, particularly to my kids. Uh, so it was like, damn, give that guy more work. <laughs> he was such a nice guy. He really, really was. We'll see. Comes out in April. Yeah. We're already yeah. making plans as a family to like go and, yeah. and see it with uh, my brothers and everybody. Um, Havoc, I don't know if if Lou has talked to you, but that's that's his plan. He sent me a message yesterday asking if if I wanted to do that. So I'm sure he'll be in touch. On the flip side, Nintendo is now cracking down on those uncensored boobs. Those uncensored boobs in hentai games. So this is according to Amazing Mature Lewd Titles, publisher Gamazumi, and they've put out a bunch of adult-themed Switch games over the last few years, including... Let me get some great titles out here for you, Troy. You ready? Including... <laughs> Elves Fantasy Hentai Puzzle, Beauty Bounce, and Inside Her Bedroom. With bedroom in in uh, parentheses, so it's inside her right. bedroom. Right. But their next <laughs> sure to be a blockbuster hit, Hot Tentacles Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> Great name. <laughs> Their next hentai themed game, Hot Tentacles Shoot, unfortunately got rejected by Nintendo. Allegedly, they're saying Nintendo has kind of re-upped their stance on adult content uh, on the eShop. They said, we received an answer from Nintendo, and now we have a confirmation that they do not allow uncensored boobs on their console now. Basically, obscene content could damage the brand and infringe its policies. This means that now all games with boobs nudity should be censored, and that's why our game Hot Tentacles Shoot was rejected in the first place. Also, our recently announced game, Elves Christmas Hentai Puzzle. The Christmas version. <laughs> Nothing says the holidays. Like sitting in the living room on your Nintendo Switch and doing some hot hentai puzzles. Um, was elf. also rejected. Yeah, was elf. also rejected due to having nudity. That's all the info we have so far. We'll try to send the games without nudity for approval again, and see what they say and update the thread if necessary. Now they do still have other titles on the Nintendo eShop, such as, <laughs> such as Fantasy Tavern Sextet, <laughs> Panty Party, and Doki Doki Pants. And if you can't think that that's just a brilliant name for oh Super Mario 2 reasons here in the United States, that's just awesome. Uh, Doki Doki Pants. Now, what this means for you know more adult-oriented content on the Switch long-term, who knows? Again, this is still one company making the allegations, so we're kind of at the mercy of them telling us why things got rejected. I mean, it could be that Nintendo was like, the boobs are fine, but her getting nailed by a squid tentacle is not. Uh, right. You know, we, we don't know, Troy. There's just so much up in the air on this one. <laughs> it's, it's Nintendo. I can't believe some of the stuff that is on there is actually 
on there currently. Uh, I'm not really surprised by the stuff that's getting rejected now when they're trying to clean up their image a little bit. This is Nintendo. Uh, so nothing shocking here. So, so the funniest thing is the very first video game boobs I saw full nudity character was actually on the original Nintendo. Wow. Really? What game? Yes. We had a game that was an import from Japan with the adapter that was like a 50 in one game thing. And it was a uh, rock, paper, scissors game where if you match it, the girl takes a piece of clothing off. That's where you got so good. Okay. I've never beaten you in rock, paper, scissors. And I always wondered where you got so good. You didn't make a picture. <laughs> yeah. It's hours and hours of sitting there practicing <laughs> against the computer. He's <laughs> like, I just want to see a nipple. Rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> oh, nipple. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and as if to say f you to Nintendo, you got to appreciate that Steam Deck, by the way, released a f- nice new trailer. Their uh, their Steam Deck is now off of pre order. You can just go buy one on Steam right now, and the actual docking station is going to be shipping in about a week and a half, two weeks. You can go and grab those as well. They're ninety bucks if you want the docking station to make your Steam Deck a computer. This is all very good news, and we're going to circle back on something Steam Deck related a little later. Why am I bringing this up in the Nintendo section? Well, it seems they dropped a trailer to show off, hey, they're just generally available now. No pre-order, come buy one. And in one of the screenshots of the trailer, they have the Steam OS and some games, and the last one on the far right is Yuzu. The Nintendo Switch emulator. Sneaky, oh. <laughs> sneaky bastards. In Valve's full official Steam Deck, a generally wow. available trailer, there is wow. a moment in there where they show the operating system and Yuzu is one of the like four or five games clearly visible at the top. That is clearly. sneaky. That is sneaky. The Nintendo Switch emulator. I was like, damn, that's good. That is good. Uh, what else we got? Oh, yeah. So it looks like we're seeing from the uh, sources at the FTC in the United States here that the Act- the Activision uh, purchase by Microsoft might actually go through as early as late November. Now, keep in mind, this was originally projected to be a Q3 2023 completion thing. And again, they probably were putting huge buffers in there when Microsoft said that time limit. But this could go through as early as late November. That's not to say that there aren't concerns with it still, Troy. There are still people at the FTC that have questions. Obviously, in the UK, they're doing some enhanced discussions and enhanced investigations about this. They have till early November to wrap those up or decide to go to an even more enhanced one. And now we have a leaked survey that that investigative body sent out to over 100 developers and publishers with a bunch of questions on it about their thoughts. On the flip side of this, Brazil did approve this purchase. So now Saudi Arabia and Brazil approved it. And Brazil's logic when uh, trying to reply to Sony's concerns about Call of Duty and all that stuff was, we're not here to protect you as a business. We're here to protect competitiveness in the market. And hey, by the way, Nintendo seems to be doing just fine without any Activision products. So even if it came down to that, which Microsoft is saying it won't, but even if it came down to that, Troy, you'd probably be fine. Yeah, I think you'd be. I think you'd be all right. Move on. Like I, I think I said this a couple of weeks ago. If you liked it, you should have put a ring on it. It was obviously for sale. Uh, you could have moved on it too. If you're so worried about Call of Duty, you should have made an offer as well. Um, but yeah, they're going to be fine. Sony's the king of the exclusives. Like they want to cry and complain, and I've said this all before, but they're like the the most exclusive console that there is right now. Maybe not in the future. We'll see with Microsoft buying everything up. But I'm glad to see all the governments doing their due diligence and and sending out surveys. I'm glad to see stuff like that. That way. They know what they're talking about when they vote on it instead of just 
voting based on what they got told either by Microsoft or by Sony. And they've got some outside information and some third parties letting them know, you know, this is our perspective on it. Yeah, I don't anticipate any problems with this still, do you? What, with the actual purchase? Yeah, with the actual purchase. Like, I still I, think, I this, think was, this was a done deal already. I, I I don't know if it's a done deal or not. Really? The, yeah, the EU seems to think that there might be some problems with that service. Since they're actually surveying and they're actually going in pretty deep with it. The, the whole thing with Nintendo in the mix is that Nintendo was never actually in direct competition with the two of them. They're off doing their own little thing. Where wait a, a minute, of, wait a minute, wait a minute. You you can't really say Nintendo is not in competition with Microsoft and Sony, can you? Not direct. Not direct. Well, of course the they are. They, they're a video game company. But they're not the same type of video game. Their their concentration is on fun and family. Where Sony and Microsoft is both on competitiveness. Where you go in and you shoot your enemy in the face. <laughs> No, and, see, this is just, just silly, though. They are absolutely direct competitors. Oh, no, they are not. You know it. They absolutely you know are. It. Nope. Most households will have a, either an Xbox or a PlayStation plus a Nintendo. Back in the day, back in the day of original, original Xbox, PS1, and six and sixty four. Sure, sure, they were in direct competition with each other. But Nintendo has since carved out its own little niche audience, and they sell their stuff. They they don't need to cross cross pollinate uh, with the game. I totally disagree. I one and I don't know where you yeah, Troy I, will chime in with you in a second. But to me, it doesn't matter. PlayStation uh, or Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, Steam. GOG, Epic Games, they are all competing for the same thing. My time and my video game dollars, period. That's it. They are absolutely yeah, I think, direct I think, competitors. I think in the general sense they are, but not <laughs> in the type of games that they're looking at. you're looking at when you look to well, purchase you, those. Systems. Come on, though. That's like saying, hey, uh, Activision and... Uh, I'm sorry, Activision's a bad example because they have a wide library. Let's say... Supermassive Games is not in direct com uh, competition with King Mobile Games because Supermassive makes these narrative movie-based horror experiences and King does their mobile thing. Of course they're still in direct competition. They're trying to sell a video game product to an audience that has a in limited amount of disposable income. In that general sense of terms, sure. But the type of audience they're selling to is slightly different from each other. Troy, where are you falling on this? Because I'm about to lose my damn mind on this boy. <laughs> Just buy a Steam Deck and don't worry about them stupid consoles. <laughs> That's where I stand. Just buy a Steam Deck. You've got portability. You've got access to your existing games library. You don't have to buy another single game. Just buy a Steam Deck and then shut them all down. God, you're nuts. You're nuts. Nintendo's really? in direct competition. I don't absolutely. Think they are. Absolutely. No. Just because mm -hmm. they happen to skew to a younger audience with their titles that they sell. It's not just a younger audience, it's a specific type of audience, which is different than the the uh the share that Sony and Xbox are going after. How so? What what's what is this magic different type of gamer? The, the type of gamer that Nintendo has has cultivated over the years has is more apt towards your games like Zelda, your your RPGs, your your fun little Mario Kart games and stuff like that. Things like that. Where okay, you're but you're talking about Nintendo's personal first party titles. That's just a small sub segment of their business, and. I'll, I, I still think it's direct competition, but even if I wanted to give you the benefit of the doubt on this one and say, okay, you're saying that there's a very targeted audience for Nintendo first-party right. titles. Well, okay, there's a very targeted audience for Sony first-party titles when it comes to things like God of War and Horizon and these large-scale, maybe more mature-esque compared to a Mario or a Zelda, although Zelda's been getting pretty dark that's lately. You know, that, that's Part of it is the the more mature titles. Their their aim, both of their right, aims. Right, but both of these platforms still have titles. all the third party titles that are everywhere. Skyrim can be bought on everything right now. 
But that's Skyrim. Sky, you can it buy does, an, what, doesn't uh, matter. an Amazon, you can sit Amazon there and, Alexa and get Skyrim. Come yeah, on but now. You can sit there and find these little reasons that ever this time. Well, that title's different. Well, that title's different. Well, that title's different. Right now, Call of Duty is available on basically everything except a Switch. Except a Switch. It's it's the it's the general population that community uh, sorry not population general community that these systems have fostered and in in the past couple generations of game consoles both xbox and right but you're still uh, competing for the same cash somebody that's willing to spend disposable income on a video game or a console period the switch is a different animal three to five hundred dollars it's, a it's, it's, it's not yeah, like and, it's sitting and, there at a $100 price point and it's this almost novelty video game thingy. It is a legitimate multi-hundred dollar console. Troy, yeah, Havoc's right. Troy's just, just staying quiet. Troy doesn't have the voice. Like, I'm trying to understand you, boss, but I just can't come with you. I, no, it, I, I think, it, I think it's, a, it's a different audience. It's a different audience they're looking at. And there are many subsets of audiences. I think if you I, I view mean, it that way, Sony and Microsoft end up eating your audience. They kind of eat each other's audience is the problem. Because <laughs> when when the new consoles All come video out, video game companies do that though. <laughs> yeah, but when when the new when the new consoles come out, you don't go, "Hey, am I going to go for a Nintendo, a Sony, or an Xbox anymore?" It's, "Am I going for an Xbox or a Sony?" That's it. The Nintendo will be there. And you're going to pick that up. But that's going to be a thing you carry around with you. Wait, no, now you're making a specific argument about this specific generation of console, though, which was very unique to compared to even Nintendo's own previous console generations. But that's where Nintendo is headed. That's the, that's the route they've taken at this point in time. Are you, are you telling me their next console after the Switch is going to be a, a standalone sit-at-home console from this point on after the success with the Switch? What do you do to enhance the Switch besides make it faster and uh, OLED screens on all of it? I have make no idea. Well, that, that too, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I mean... I think you're they, out of your mind. I think they're the exact same audience. No, they, they've chosen their route. They're going that way while it's Xbox and, uh, and uh, Sony's going that way. Let's go to miscellaneous news before I set this place on fire. Oh, wait. What did you guys think we of the Overwatch something. 2 launch? <laughs> <laughs> I would laugh, but it hurts my throat. <laughs> go, go ahead, Troy. I, I would laugh, but it hurts my throat. So um, in, in short of just laughing out loud as Yah did, I will say um, Blizzard be Blizzard. <laughs> Did you see what happened? We reported very late last night on uh, MMO Bomb that people are accidentally being uh, charged for premium skins and things in the cash shop because apparently if you're on the shop menu and you're in in in-game chat, it doesn't recognize that it should not be acknowledging menu presses when you're typing in chat. And And so if you hit space bar twice, you basically confirm a purchase. You say buy and yes. By hitting spacebar twice, oof, and oof. so far right now they will not give refunds. Yeah, they're gonna, they're gonna have to. They're gonna have. Yeah, they to. have to. They have yeah. to. That, that, that's their own glitchy fault. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So do not use the in-game chat while you're in the damn shop. If you fought through the forty thousand person queue down to zero and <laughs> right. didn't get bounced back up to twenty thousand, <laughs> if you're even in the game, right. Um, when it rains, it fucking pours. Oh, by the way, it's getting <laughs> review bombed left and right. <laughs> As it should. The battle yeah. pass is like for free to play players. They're like, it's there's not even interesting shit in here, yeah. let alone yeah. it being no worth point. grinding to level fifty three to unlock this stupid character. Right. Way to go, Blizz. Way to go, Blizz. <laughs> did you see- they can't even accidentally do something right. I didn't see right. that one Frey Freycore in chat says did you see the guy got a quad kill then teabagged then a mysterious network error right after the teabag no I didn't see that wow. one I didn't see that one uh, some miscellaneous little fun bits uh, we knew about this a while ago kind of got data mined and some images and things like that uh, but it is now official PlayStation Network users can now link their PlayStation Network account and their Steam account. The first game that's going to allow you to do this is Marvel's Spider-Man. 
the patch is already in the game, you're good to go. Uh, so just a little further evidence of Sony ramping things up on the PC, which we've all been in favor of. However, don't get too happy because in a recent interview, uh, heads of Sony were talking about doing things on PC. And they said, yeah, most of our titles, it's going to be at least a year before we get them on PC. Like, we're going to launch them on console, and it'll be at least a year, Troy. But wait, there's an exception. Those live service games we want to make. <laughs> <laughs> all that all that live service money, those millions and millions that we still think are going to happen, even though live service games fail time after time. Makes sense. Yep. I'm glad I mean, they're yeah, doing it. Yeah. I want to see integration yod though, where like I can play a Sony game on Steam and get my PlayStation Network trophies, right? Like that's what right. uh, what I want to be able to do. Uh, and and I do wonder if that's the route they're going to take, since the Steam, like we said before, with Sony, they're they're looking to buy communities, not exactly IPs, right. but communities. Yeah. And Steam has one of the most premium communities out there. Yeah, Valve ain't selling to Sony. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't say sell, but a, a nice, solid but partnership. Because exactly, we know they're not, they're, they're exactly. not adverse against partnerships, too, as we know with, with uh, Square Enix. They like them partnerships. They do. They do. Uh, the aptly named Kill Switch uh, <laughs> accessory for the Steam Deck. Uh, that one's going to have to have a remake done. I told you we'd come back to this after a, quote, million dollar mistake d brand if you don't yeah. know has been making a number of accessories for the steam deck and a lot of them are pretty cool i thought about ordering one or two things but i was like nah you know i'm not really gonna be like trick this out like that it's it's i don't use it like that but they do make a uh, steam deck case that had a kickstand on it now it was the case was magnetic and the kickstand could just snap to it, and there you go. You know, you got your Steam Deck tilted up in front of you there. In a Reddit post titled, Our Million Dollar Mistake, Dbrand points <laughs> to a recent report from The Verge, which says that the magnetic kickstand can reduce the fan speeds on certain Steam Decks. Yeah, it's made by, if your it, fans are made by a certain company. Yeah, it should be noted that the Steam Decks themselves actually contain fans made by one of two companies. They can be Delta or uh, Huaying. I, I, I apologize if I'm mispronouncing anything. Uh, and the interference really only seems to be on the Delta fans. Now, Dbrand didn't know that, tested it on all their Steam Decks they had, which had all the Huaying fans, so they had no problem. They didn't realize, and the only way you could realize is if you opened the Steam Decks up to see which fans you got. This 11th hour curveball is what prompted us to pull the public launch last night and suspend sales. We didn't want any more kill switch orders to be placed until we had a plan in place to overcome this challenge. They're going to replace the magnetic mount with a mechanical interlocking piece, but that's going to take a little bit of time. And if you already ordered the magnetic kill switch, you're going to get a free replacement, and they're not requiring you to ship back the magnetic versions. They said, the company says, keep it on your fridge as a memento of our failure. Now, <laughs> at least they did get out ahead of this. Like, as soon as they were getting reports from The Verge, they said, okay, stop. But oof, oof. Yeah. I think they handled it pretty well, though. With, yeah, with the humor. you're right. You know, keep it as a trophy for <laughs> future. Yep. So more oof. Yeah, uh, yeah, even more oof. Are you a phasmophobia player, Troy? I seem, I feel like that would be right up your alley. No, I can't say that I am. Really? Like you're not into the ghost hunting, huh? Uh, not so much. I don't want to get into this whole long story, but yeah. phasmophobia was way late way late on responding to allegations against one of their Discord admins. Uh, and even their own staff did not handle questioning things to try and get proof of these allegations correctly, uh, leading up to just a whole lot of inappropriate stuff going on, inappropriate racist comments, uh, inappropriate sharing, maybe, of nudes, uh, that someone had sent. We don't know if they were actually shared or not. They just implied that 
they, they were willing to share them. We don't know if they actually did. It was a whole mess. Phasmophobia finally banned that person. They will not be back as a moderator in the Discord or an admin on the Discord, and they're gone. On the employee side of things, like the actual employee side of things, they have coached one of their employees who feels like he was a little misquoted here, but acknowledges, you know, wrongdoing and I didn't handle this right. And, you know, this might be taken a little out of context, but I could see how it would be taken out of context. What an absolute, just absolute cluster, Troy. What a mess. It's, it's, man, you, you got to be on top of that kind of stuff quicker than that. And you just need to be on top of that stuff in general. It's unfortunate that uh, they didn't take care of that sooner. And where some of that stuff was getting said and done and placed and seen inside inside there. Genshin Impact is not going to add more endgame stuff like the Abyss challenges that they have because they don't want to make excessive anxiety on their player base. We don't want to add more challenging endgame content, Yod, because we don't want to make players anxious. I mean, I guess it, endgame content can make people anxious, but isn't the whole point of playing a game to get to endgame content? Especially live games like Genshin Impact? Does gaming make people anxious? I, I don't know. Like, I, I, It doesn't make me anxious. Yeah, it doesn't make me anxious, so I was like, you know, okay, fine. That doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. But does, I, like, anybody play, like, an MMO or something? Like, and the word, so even, like... Maybe like a little social anxiety I can understand with some people in like an MMO, right? Because if I screw up, the group's going to be mad, that kind of whole dynamic. But we're talking about Getshin Impact. <laughs> I, I guess, I guess it's a single-player game. Yeah, yeah. like you said, in an MMO or whatever, if you're playing in a group with people you aren't actually familiar with, like in pickup games or whatever, in raids and dun in dungeons, but normally in... in Multiplayer games, I don't do those things unless I know the other people I'm playing with, at least one other person. Right. So, I don't know. Weird. <laughs> yep, definitely weird. Last thing before we uh, hit some anniversaries here and then call it a day. I love old school dev stories. Did you guys ever read Console Wars? Mm -hmm. No. You, you, did you, Yad? Yeah. That's it's a great book. I mean, a lot of it's novelized and that, you know, oh, yeah. but whatever it's, it's, I love old school dev stories, not being just a gaming fan myself, but also just, you know, a software guy, uh, <laughs> Ultima online's, uh, Tim Cotton in an interview this week, uh, said, was talking about developing Ultima online and running into the problem of item duplicators, um, and large scale duping and selling of items. And so they were able to identify the problem and saw the duping ring stretched across multiple servers of multiple distinct groups not necessarily working together. They had all evolved the same behaviors, though. Make a bunch of UO gold from duping these items and selling them and then selling the UO gold on the secondary market for cash. So how do they fix this, like, back then in the Ultima, the Ultima Online days? Like, we've seen this now, and we've seen how different companies may or may not have done it the right way uh, as far as from their players' perspectives. How did they handle it back in Ultima Online? Well, what they did was on the rarer items, they applied an invisible die, basically a hex code in the coding that you couldn't see in the front facing on real items. So if you dupe the items, they wouldn't have this invisible die. Or uh, if you dupe the items, it had this invisible die on it, and you could tell which ones were duped and which ones were the originals. But they also noticed that these people were hiding all of their stuff in big houses, housing plots that they had bought. So they wrote a script, attached it to those houses, and then upon triggering, it destroyed the houses, made them look like rubble with fire all over the place, and put a straw dummy on the fire fields that had a label on it that said an effigy of a traitor and burned everything inside the house. Nice. Wow. That, that is that is perfect. Burn it down. I love old like that could never fly today, no, right, Troy? No, like yeah. what company? They, he did say, by the way, that this barely 
got approval from the higher ups. <laughs> like <laughs> it barely got approval, which I think is the best part of the story. <laughs> yeah, now, nowadays it's just ban them and move on. Ban them and move on. Right. Because uh, that's that's development time, right? That's uh, that's taking up uh, production value to make that happen. Yeah, that, I mean that's true. That is true. Uh, but it makes an example of them. It does. It does <laughs> make an example of you. Well, the the other concern they had was like they didn't want to just like delete all the items wholesale because right. then that punishes people who had no idea they were buying a duplicated item. You know, uh, so they they wanted to try and one side fix it whether or not they met that i'll leave that up to your personal decisions uh but i love stories like that yod put in here some uh anniversaries for this month october video game game anniversaries fallout is 25 that one i knew because they're celebrating that all month including a little bit of free trial period for fallout 76 right now uh mortal kombat is 30 the witcher is 15 the Witcher's already 15? It is. God. Yep. Damn. <laughs> Resident you Evil old. 6 is 10, Troy. You old. <laughs> Not me. I'm young and beautiful. Time Splitters 2 is 20 years old. Yeah, I remember playing that game. The amount of time I spent playing the that damn game. Oh. And I'm not even that into first-person shooters, but it was such a good game. Oh, multiplayer. Yeah. Multiplayer mode. Yeah. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Portal and the orange box are 15, Troy. 15 years old. Mm. <laughs> Feeling that one? Mm, that one hurt. That one, that one stings a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> the Shen Megami Tensei series. How old do you think it is? Torchwick's no. on the line there. How old do you think it is, Torchwick? Shemagami Tensei series. Hi, I'm not supposed to be here yet. Yeah, I know, but I, you, I you're a big Shemagami fan. Because Persona's doing their 25th or 26th this year, so Shemagami Tensei would be somewhere around 30. It is exactly 30. It is exactly yeah, I know what I'm talking about. celebrating its 30. Here's one I for you, Troy. Anime just came out for that, too. Here's one for you, Troy. You ready? Mm. Crash Bandicoot 2 for the PlayStation 1 is 25. Jeez. Oh, by the way, that's the sequel. That's not even the yeah, original. No, that's the, yeah, that's not the first one. That's the second one. <laughs> Maniac Mansion on the Commodore 64. I didn't play this on the Commodore 64, although that was my first computer. Uh, I played Maniac Mansion a lot on the NES, but the C64 version is 35 years old. 35 years old. Holy hell. Qbert turns 40 <laughs> on the ARC system. So, man. God, Hotline Miami. That feels like that was just yesterday. I know. Crazy. Let's go do games of the week and pick young ones. Games of the Week is the way we end every episode of Gaming Gumbo here. It's where all three of us are going to give you a game. Could be a board game, card game, video game, mobile game, whatever. Something we've played, playing now, or have never played, but just think you should check out. And you let us know in the comments on YouTube or on readycheckradio.com which one of us gave the best recommendation for this week. Remember, no Gaming Gumbo next week or the Relic Grind or Torchwick stream next week. All other streams as normal, including Final Fantasy TCG. And then we'll be back the following Thursday and Saturday with both shows. Yod, what do you got for us this week? She can make us feel old again. Because this past, the 3rd of October, my favorite anime, Macross, turned 40. The first episode aired on October 3rd, 40 years ago. So I'm choosing Macross VFX 2 from the original PlayStation. Oh, all right. Going with a little PS2 love. What do you got, oh, original Troy? Original PlayStation. Original PlayStation, not PS2. Original. What do you got, Troy? Uh, if you like the new Dune movie and you want to fight to control the spice, Dune Imperium is a super fun game that I played just last weekend. It's a tabletop game. It's uh, deck builder meets worker placement, as well as some uh, fighting and control over faction influence. 
and you want to control the world of Arrakis and control the spice, baby. The spice must flow. So it's really just GTA with a sci-fi skin and some space crack and a Jesus allegory, right? Yes. Okay, gotcha. Gotta love space crack. Gotcha. Gotcha. I'm going to go with Warp Forge, Warhammer 40K Warp Forge. I've been doing a lot of messing around with some titles from the Steam Next Fest, which has just been fantastic. And you know me and card games. Now, this is kind of a card game. So, yeah, if you don't like card games, you're, you're already going to vote for somebody that isn't me. That's fine. But I like some of the things they're doing in here. It's a very limited demo because the game doesn't come out for a little while. But definitely worth checking out. Uh, I really did like one mechanic in particular. And that was when you have a character fight it can have both a melee and a ranged attack power. It's not just its attack power is four. It might be four in melee and three in ranged, but that can avoid taking damage back from other creatures. It's it's There's some cool things going on there. I don't know if it'll be a great game when it finally releases and we get a payment model and all that fun stuff, but definitely worth checking out. And check out the whole Steam Next Fest. Speaking of checking things out, don't go anywhere, chat. Check out Torchwick stream after the show. How are you, Torchwick? I'm good. I'm proud of myself for getting that yeah, right. You pegged Shen Megami. Yeah. You pegged it. You pegged it. What are you playing today? Some more Final Fantasy tactics? Indeed. We're yeah, going to continue your, where your we're bullshit go. tactics at the end of last week's stream actually, well, the week before, actually paid yeah. off. All black mages, baby. <laughs> Like you lost to that fight multiple times, and you were like, "All right, I got a few minutes. We'll just screw around before the end of the stream here." Oh, uh, whoops! Cleared it. <laughs> I can't believe it worked either, and I don't know if that bodes well for the rest of the game because I might just have to keep doing shit like that. It was absolutely amazing to watch. Absolutely amazing. Are you enjoying it? I know oh, you yeah. like tactics games, you know, like the the Fire Emblem series and everything. But going back with a, an older style one, what are you thinking? I, I am really liking it. There are a few mechanics I don't quite understand, but I feel like that's just because I don't have the the little book that will come with it. <laughs> the instruction book. Yeah, I can't I can't blame the game on that part. Don't go anywhere, chat. Torchwick will be live in just a second. We'll be live with this show two weeks from today. Until then, Yod, where can everybody find you? Yod Artworks on Twitter, Yod Artworks on Facebook, and back here on Gaming Gumbo. Troy. On Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, at NoobFridge. I'm Mike Byrne. You can follow me right there at MagicMan1, but more importantly, follow at RC Radio, R-A-I-D-E-O on Twitter, and you'll know every time we go live with a podcast or a stream. Until next time, stay safe. We'll see you on the servers. Oh,